Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm inside Riley's Pub, which is in Tower Grove neighborhood, with Bill Capes, the owner. This uh, bar has been owned by Bill since 2005. We're in a nice, cozy booth in the back. Bill, tell me about how you came to own an Irish pub. I was between jobs in the 80s, and during that time, I bartended for a while, and the bug kind of bit me, and I thought, if I get the opportunity to buy a bar, I will. But in the meantime, I had a couple kids, and I didn't do it till they were in their late 20s. But when you bought this place, you were telling me it wasn't an Irish pub, and you turned it into an Irish pub. Mm-hmm. And I was asking you about your heritage. You're not Irish. So why did you create an Irish pub? Well, I got very little Irish blood in me, but um, I always did like their, their style, their, their culture. It's A lot of times, it's just a fun place to be in an Irish pub. Look at places like McGurk's and... Uh, Llewellyn's and, and places like that in St. Louis. But then uh, just looking at pictures of pubs in uh, Ireland and pubs that I visited in Chicago and that were Irish-themed places, and it's basically it's dark wood and a certain lighting and just a cozy, I don't know, cozy warm feel. You know, some people don't prefer that in the summertime, but uh, we do year-round, you know. And you have a front patio and a back patio which is nice in the spring and fall and, and in the summer. So that's that's a good addition because the back patio was renovated in recent times. Right. Well, we had to do that. I mean, with the the, virus, the COVID, um, people, when we did start getting customers back, they if the weather's nice, they want to be outside. So uh, we had to make a little more room for them in the backyard too. So Now, on the inside, the ceiling catches my eye. It's I don't even know what that material is. Uh, maybe you can describe it. It's It's got fleur-de-lis on it. It's gold-looking. You said you couldn't see that when you originally were looking at this place. So was that something that caught your eye as well? Well, I, I could. It was covered up with a drop ceiling, and I think they did that back in the 60s um, for energy efficiency, and they, you know, how they, they lowered ceilings and, and um, insulated walls and, and windows and things. But... Um, but I was able to get up there and look where there was a ceiling fan, look up inside and see that ceiling before I did buy it, uh, which was a real plus when I saw that. So um, that the ceiling is uh, it's an embossed tin, you know, which used around the early uh, you know turn of century and, and before. But uh, you could still buy that c- ceiling now. But this one is from 1895. Oh, I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, yeah, 1895 when the building was built. And it was still in great shape because it had been covered up for so many years with the drop ceiling that there wasn't a lot of damage done to it. So that was a plus. And it was, it's also a little more ornate 
than some ceilings where it doesn't just have the field. It has that area where you're talking about with the floor to lee and then it has the filler and then the cornice. So it makes a nice ceiling. And I don't know if you could find anybody to install one of those nowadays. Yeah, well, I would imagine that might be difficult. Now, the other thing that catches your eye, and in fact, I wouldn't have known this except that you told me, but the booths in there, in the front room, they're pocket doors. Right. And, of course, my house has all pocket doors because it was built around the turn of the century in the early 1900s, and I love the fact that they kept the pocket doors. I had no idea you could turn those into a Irish pub booth, but it's awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, when we were going to do that room, that side of the room, um, I wanted to put something over that looked real rugged. I was thinking about wood and then beat it with a chain and, you know, to distress it and all that. But uh, one afternoon, I'm driving down Spring Avenue and I see inside of this garage or garage sale, there's these pocket doors on this in, inside the um, garage. So I stopped and looked at them, and I said, I can make booths out of these things. And they had three of them, and you see how big they are. They're four feet wide, and I, I don't know, seven feet tall or whatever. So they wanted $20 a piece for them. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> so um, I found a guy there, and I said, hey, help me throw these up on top of my car. And I drug them over here, and that's, we made the booths. If I hadn't found those things, you know, I, well, there's no way you could afford to make that style for that 20 bucks. It's just well, some of the other artifacts and things that are on the wall that are Irish, where did you get those? A lot of this stuff, uh, like we're looking at them, all those mirrors and things, it came from garage sales. <laughs> garage sales. Yeah, my wife found them at garage sales. I see a, there's a Budweiser uniform encased out there. Right. Is, what is that? Do you know the story about behind that? Yeah, that's um, my wife's uncle uh, Was uh, took care of the Clydesdales. Drove the... Um, the wagon and went on tour with the Clydesdales and um, his name was Sam DiGregorio he had a bar himself on the hill for a while he's passed now but uh, after he passed away we were fortunate enough to get that uniform and said well we're going to put it in a special place build a box for it and hang it on the wall there's another photo out there from a movie uh, was it The Quiet Man right. with John Wayne right. um, which was shot on the Connemara Peninsula which I've actually been to so oh, that's why cool. I recognize that photo because when you go to the Con- Connemara Pen- Peninsula they have all things John Wayne <laughs> and The Quiet Man because you uh-huh. know it's kind of their claim to fame although their claim to fame really is the beauty of that place uh-huh. yeah my wife and I found that at uh, a shop in Maplewood it was called O'Malley's um, O'Malley's Irish gift shop. We saw it in there in the shop. It was all framed and everything. We go, got to have that, you know. Got to have it. Uh, what about St. Patrick's Day? What are the plans this year, and what are you, what do you usually do? What's this place like on St. Patrick's Day? Oh, it's, it's busy. I mean, it's naturally, I mean, if you can't get anybody in on St. Patrick's Day with an Irish name, there's something wrong, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> you might as well close up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been good for every year. I mean, it's always it's always fun. You see a lot of people you've never seen before, and they're all dressed up with silly outfits and beads and things like that, but we just have a good time. What's your stance on green beer? We've never done it. Um, I don't, if you put, you can put dye in the beer. Now, if you spill it on your white shirt, you know, you might have a problem, but, um, but we've never done a green beer. Old school. What are some of your favorite things about the Irish culture? I guess limericks. <laughs> their, their wit and the music. 
Just the um, a lot of times they're they're just happy-go-lucky folks and like to have fun. My name is Larry Pontius. I play fiddle and banjo. I've been part of this group for about 15 years. So this is Wednesday night for for us. We're not a band. We just all love the music. Just come to see who's here and play play the tunes. So it's a jam session, but the type of music I mean, it is. Irish music the appropriate term to use, or is there something more specific? The correct term is traditional Irish music. Okay. Uh, that's where we play, or, or they just call it trad. We've got Illin pipes, that's the Irish bagpipes. We've got uh, Bauron, that's the Irish drum. We've got flutes, whistles, guitar, concertina. It's, it's You got the whole thing? Yeah, we got the whole thing. Uh, how does one learn, or how, how does one become interested in Irish music? Well, for me, I started taking lessons uh, late in life, and I was taking old-time Appalachian-type music. But the roots of that got me into Irish music, and I just fell in love with it. How old were you when you when you started that? 47. Okay, so you started later in life. I started later in life, yeah. And some of these people uh, have been doing it since they were five and six. Really? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. The best things that come in my life have really been through my wife. And she was the one who told me at 47, you're going to retire in 8, 10 years. You need to have a hobby. And that's <laughs> why I started taking fiddle lessons. What is it about Irish music that draws you in? Oh, the toe tapping. The, it, it just hooked, it gets you hooked. As a layman, I have to say, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but sometimes I feel like the songs sound very similar. It's because they're all the same tune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you about that. From your ears, does it sound a lot different, or am I am I right about that? No, I, to the players, it sounds different. But we all understand, to the listener, if you're not really into Irish music, it's going to sound probably more like than we'd like it to. We're, we're joined by... So I'm, I'm Scott from KMOX. Hi. Nice to meet you, Nick. Nick. Yeah, yeah uh, my name's Nick Brown. Uh, I just moved to St. Louis a month and a half ago. Oh my goodness, yeah. welcome to St. Louis. Thanks, thanks. I grew up what? in Ontario. Uh, From lived, Ontario? Yeah, but I lived in Michigan the last like 13 years. So okay, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, so nice. I know that you're yeah. part of the world very yeah, well. Yeah, 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 I was about uh, two hours away from there, up uh, I hear, north I hear. of Kitchener, Bonnaloo, if you know where that is. So. N- uh, no, but I, I hear your accent, I hear the about. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't have an accent well, Take well, off, you hoosers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've already learned that word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, Canadian who has grew up playing Irish music? Uh, I didn't actually. I, I learned as a late teenager. Um, so that's when I first started. So I grew up. I basically started playing more or less as an adult. Yeah. Well, he started at forty-seven. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely doable. Definitely yeah. possible. And yeah. so, how did you find this already? This uh, little group. Oh, I moved. I moved here for the music. <laughs> did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Explain uh, that one. So there's a fantastic Irish music school here in town, uh, St. Louis Irish Arts. They do dance and music. They're amazing. Really, really good. Um, the uh, the person who started it, uh, her name's uh, Helen Gannon. Um, okay, I've heard her name. Yeah, and so her daughter Eileen is more or less in charge. I, I believe she's completely in charge now of the music side of things. Uh, and so Eileen's one of my best friends. That's why I basically moved down here because of her and her partner Rob, and and there's a bunch of other musicians, Larry, you know, all sorts of great. We people. have some fantastic musicians. Yeah. Oh show. yeah. Emer Arkins. Uh, yeah, Emer Arkins yeah. is another one. Yeah, Rob Ryan, Eileen Gannon, uh, Kevin Buckley, Dan Lowry. Uh, 
I'm gonna get in trouble because I'm gonna forget people. Jennifer Kelly, John Boldwine, like there's all sorts of wonderful people, you know. Like and I know, like I'm friends with all of them. Like it's great. It's not a, it's not a huge group, so you end up be friends with everyone. How you, did you, you come into this music loving the music, and you wind up loving all the people that play it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine people playing this music who weren't like fun-loving friendly people i mean it just it just goes with the music and obsessive <laughs> yeah. and nerds okay. nerds <laughs> you said it yeah absolutely i'm an i'm an electrical engineer and i play with lego i am a nerd and i love irish music it's so amazing yeah what is about irish music that uh, draws you and larry already answered his... yeah so for me it was the sound um there's a great book uh, you've probably heard of Oliver Sacks. He he's a uh, you know professor of all things brain related. And he wrote a great book, uh, Musicophilia, and he was talking like I think it was that one. Anyway, it was talking all about like the sound rather than the individual musical qualities. It's not so much the melody or the the tune or the song or the words or whatever, but it's the overall sound of a music is what makes music kind of special. And for me, so so. That's like the best way of describing it. Like I love the tunes, I love the the details and all that kind of stuff. But the initial thing that drew me in was the sound of it. Um, so I play the Irish bagpipes or the Illan pipes. Those are different than Scottish bagpipes. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like oboe and bassoon. Same okay. family, different instrument. The Irish bagpipes <laughs> are a stupid instrument. They are a flawed <laughs> instrument. I love them so much, but they are a flawed instrument. And so they're the only instrument that I know of in Irish music or elsewhere that has regular support groups for the, the afflicted. Uh, so, like, Piper's Clubs all over the place, but also um, there's there are big events throughout the continent. Wherever Piper's go, all the other musicians go, too. Oh, they yeah. want to be with the Piper. They yeah. want to be with... But you said it was stupid, the instrument, and aff afflicted was the yeah. word you used. Yeah, what, yeah. What's wrong with it? You know, it is... It's a product of its time. They were developed the late 1700s into the early 1800s, so kind of before the development of metal reeds and accordions, uh, before the development of electronics. So it the the sound of them, you know, you, like the Highland Pipes as well, there's the drones. You've got this constant blanket of noise. And so you've got things in there that they're reeds, they're like they're double reeds like in an oboe or single reeds like in a clarinet, depending on which part it's in. And those things, they're finicky. And so with the, with the Highland pipes, you, you, you replace them constantly because they wear out. With the Irish pipes, the Illan pipes, it's not mouth-blown. So theoretically, they can last a really long time. But in practice, they also wear out. And so you're constantly going, why is this not working in tune? Why is this not playing <laughs> properly anymore? What's going on? I need my support group. Where's my help? Where's my... <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. it's St. Patrick's Day coming up. So yeah. uh, where do you stand on that holiday, Larry? For trad musicians, this is like uh, the biggest payday of the year. It's Christmas for Santa Claus. <laughs> it really is. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.